we we've got a frith cast to do. We have. Um, and I kind of feel like I'm responsible for it this week, and I don't really know how, because normally what I do is I just sort of follow you because you're knowledgeable and stuff, and I just I just kind of <laughs> I just kind of follow on behind, and I I I do you know editing and and I, I put all the music on the thing and so forth. I'm I'm sort of I'm kind of the the Yaskier to your Geralt. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I can say to that really. Um, but so it's like suddenly, suddenly you've it's like Geralt suddenly handed two swords to Yaskier and said, "Go and kill that Kikimora over there." Yeah. And what's he gonna do? You know, he hasn't got any. He hasn't got any elixirs. No. No potions. No. No. no he doesn't. He hasn't learned any signs. No. And they never do Igni in the show anyway, which I think is quite surprising because in the game it's like I'm using it all the time. Is that the set fire to things one or is yeah. that the push things away one? Both. He does set fire to things because when he's facing Eskel the Leshy in Kermoran, yeah, he walks towards Eskel who's got himself trapped and he puts his fingers down his sword blade and sets it on fire. Ah, and that's what he uses to stab Eskel through the heart with. I never noticed that. Yeah, he does use it. He just doesn't make a big flash out of it. Okay, you see, this is another reason I shouldn't be doing the fighting because I don't fine. notice details. I'd be all right. You know, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't see a Leshy sneaking up behind me. Ninja Leshy, now there's an image. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. They're not renowned for their sneakery. Neither are bank bears. This is true. Yeah. Or drop bears. No. Nope. Very good droppers. Very good droppers, Jagulars are. They are. Um, Let her paint an inch thick. Sorry? Shakespeare. Missed that bit. Go back to the Jaguars, it's fine. No, 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 tell me about the inch thick Shakespeare. (laughs) It's a line from Hamlet. Okay. Where he's talking about his mother and... How she went from Hamlet's father, who was a good and kind and honest and upright man, to when Hamlet's father dies, in inverted commas, to the Queen then marrying Hamlet's father's brother, his uncle. He gets usurped. He does. He gets usurped and it's so fast that they say basically the, the meat that was served for the funerals feast was served cold for the wedding feast. It was that fast. And Hamlet remarks on his mother's change of affections by saying, how could she go from this to this? Let her paint an inch thick in preparation for going from mourning to announcing her engagement and marriage so fast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That very, very quick and surprising thing, like a jaguar and a dropping bear. A drop bear. Yeah. Yeah. Bank bear. I like it. Bear bank. Burbank. Bank bear. No. Burbank? Bank. That's in California. I don't know. I'm fairly sure. Is it? I think so. I don't know. Um. Okay. It's odd because I. Well, I know. To be honest, I don't know an awful lot. I only know like the one bit out of Hamlet. That's that's all I can remember. So, I mean, a lot of the detail kind of escapes me. I know it's got ghosts in it. We say a, a ghost. It's got a in ghost it. in it. The ghost of Hamlet's father. Yeah. Who wants Hamlet to avenge him. Yes. Um, because he says instead of him dying, doing dying peacefully in the sleep thing, he was murdered. Yeah. And the implication is that his his own brother murdered him. Yeah. To usurp his crown, get his wife and his kingdom, 
And when Hamlet figures this out, his uncle Claudius... Claudius? Don't know. There is a Claudius somewhere. His uncle sends him off to England with two men, where he's supposed to Romeo present... and Juliet! No. No. No, not no, Romeo although, and Juliet. Although, to be fair, there's about as much death. Romeo and Guildenstern. Yes. Romeo yes. and Guildenstern take Hamlet, the Prince of Denmark, to England. Yep. Where he is supposed where, to... Where it's even more rotten. Yes, where he's supposed to give a letter to the king, which Hamlet thinks is his ah. introductory letter, and it isn't. It's the letter that says, please kill the bearer of this letter. He's a horrible little criminal. And therefore, the, the new king plans to get rid of Prince Hamlet thus. Does nobody in Hamlet ever... Survive? No. No, I know they don't, but I'm <laughs> going to say, does anybody in Hamlet ever formulate their own criminal intent or do they all just act as conduits for other people's malice because it's like the king sends a letter telling the other king yeah the king of england yeah to kill hamlet to kill the bearer of the letter to kill the bearer of the letter yeah. but you know That's if i was the... hamlet rewrites the letter and it says it... Please let me introduce my son to your court. Please kill the two criminals that are with him. Yeah. And Rosencrantz and Guildenstern cop for it instead. They are dead. They are very dead. Indeed. Yes. Um, but it's just like if I was the king of England, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to kill somebody on the bank on the back of some letter that somebody's handed me. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that, if but, I have know, a reason to kill somebody, then I will kill them. Missives between kings, though, isn't I mean, it? No, but you know. A, 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 can't is not exactly a word for princes, Lord Blackadder. You can't, you know, just poke him on Facebook and send him a messenger. <laughs> it's not going to work. This is true. But, I mean, it's the same thing with the ghost as well, isn't it? Ghost of Daddy yeah. appears to Hamlet and says, you need to kill the usurper yeah. who murdered me. Yeah. Right? And if and if I were Hamlet, I'd be like, no. I'm, so, I'm not going to... I'm not going to guess you're killing people because some shade comes along and tells me. Some shade throws shade. Some shade throws shade. And I'm sorry, you don't get to tell me who to murder. You're dead. Go do dead person things and leave it to me whether I kill people or not. I'm just saying. Well, to be fair, once Hamlet sets on that course, he's a wee bit unhinged because, you know, ghost of daddykins. True. And the fact that he's a little bit unbalanced because his mother, the Queen, has then remarried incredibly quickly. As you know, your, your mother, mother, the, the queen. queen. Yeah, so his mother, the Queen, and the the lady whom, to whom he holds affection mm -hmm. rejects him. Mm -hmm. Her brother is his best friend, yeah. who ends up challenging him to a duel because he ended up killing their father by mistake. Well, that wasn't... Yeah, that was unfortunate. It was. Well, Polonius is in the Queen's quarters. Polonius. I was thinking Mercurio, Mercutio. No, that's Romeo that's and Romeo Gildenstern. That's Romeo and Juliet again, isn't it? Yeah. Romeo and Gildenstern. <laughs> so Polonius is behind a tapestry in the Queen's quarters because he's talking to the Queen. Be but sworn, my love, and I'll no longer be a Gildenstern. <laughs> <laughs> What's in a name? <laughs> Which we call Rosencrantz. <sighs> By any other name. <laughs> Would die as sweet. <laughs> Would smell as much of horses. Yes. <laughs> well, I think basically the playwright was given a, 
an <sighs> entire, you know, he must have been commissioned for this one. You reckon? Well, yeah, because That's you know, why he like, killed everybody off. Well, like, you know, YouTubers get commissioned to do particular videos. Yeah. What gets the fact that he's got a commission that just says, write one where everybody dies, I'm just fucked off at humanity. Yeah. And he does. That. He writes Simba the Prince of Denmark and everybody <laughs> dies. It's like the end of Blake 7. Everybody Ooh, dies? Spoiler for Blake 7 there, by the way. Sorry oh, about that. shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Blake 7 was like from the 1940s Hundreds. or something. 1900. <laughs> Classic. Classic science fiction. Worth going to watch. Worth going to watch. Going to watch. Yeah. Just nip down to your local cin- cinematograph. Yes. Yeah. But then that's that's just what I think. Just to go back to the, the point about the ghost. Um, you know, I just think it's a bit rich. Dead folk turning up saying, well, this is what's happened. I mean, you've got no proof, have you? Oh, apart from the big gaping hole you can see the sunrise through, yeah. Yeah, I grant you he's dead, but the point is, it's like, you know, they say there's like a deathbed confession. Somebody says something on their deathbed. It's considered to carry a great deal of weight in legal terms because it's assumed that somebody on their deathbed wouldn't have reason to lie because they're about to to, to leave behind any of the, the previous interests and, and and whatever that they might have had that might have prompted them to tell an untruth, right? That's the principle, isn't it? Cersei the Queen is not here, therefore she does not intend to suffer the consequences. Indeed. Yes. Absolutely. Possibly. I mean, she didn't intend to suffer any consequences at all, did she? She did not. Didn't matter how many people she killed. Mm-mm. But that's the point. Ghost turns up. Ghost is no longer... Ghost is now active in the world again. So can once again be a lying toe rag if they want to. So they can fetch up and say, I've got a grudge against my brother. I'm going to get my son to kill him by telling it, telling my son that he did me in when it was somebody else. Yeah. I'm saying he could be lying. You can't just trust a ghost at their word. And even more so, if ghosts aren't the spirits of dead people at all, but are in fact other intelligences screwing with us. Oh, now that, that escalated quickly. On which subject... Music goes here? Music goes here. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. I enjoyed that. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, quite like that. We leave okay. that one in instead of replacing it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we've done 15 minutes. We can stop there if you want. Woohoo! Um, oh, however many minutes we'll leave in. Probably not 15. No. Um, but... But TLDR, there's a whole random mad discussion about intent of ghosts in Shakespeare and all sorts of other random stuff. That might all go in. If we don't leave all of it in. The Shakespeare bit might go in. Yeah, the rest of it, yeah. maybe not. Um, hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to Frithcast, uh, to episode... One, four, six, I think we decided. After a bit of a wobble, we worked out where we were. I ran out of fingers. Yeah, well, it, it happens. Once you get to about one, four, two, one, four, three, you yeah. run out of f- fingers. You have to kind of imagine a few more. Yeah. Positively Lovecraftian. Um, but anyway, yes. Um, hi. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, lovely listeners, uh, campfire friends, I would love to virtual campfire friends, I should say, because it's not a real campfire. I mean, it is a real campfire, but it's really virtual. Um, I would like to introduce you to this episode of Frithcast, um, which apparently I'm broadly responsible for. 
which is why it's a mess already. Um, but I'd like to start by introducing your host, uh, Suzanne Martin, who is a heathen with a head full of stuff. Hello, lovely listeners. That's her there. We um, would like to say hello to our lovely friends at Awaken the North, who are uh, who are good friends of of this um, show. Hot mess. This hot mess. <laughs> If you are looking for a friendly, inclusive, very um, inclusive, universal heathen group, where with lots of lots of friendly people and uh, a nice active community um, with an active Discord, you would do worse. You could do worse than to look at Awaken the North. Um, I'm not going to say how you could do worse because obviously we're not here to. We are not cast dispersions. We do not cast nasturtiums or nasturtiums. Um, chrysanthemums. Chrysanthemums. Amethysts. Amethysts. Letterbox. Kite. Purple. Bell. Cloud. Coat hanger. Ooh, dentist. <laughs> I'm literally just picking light switch. I'm picking things from the room now. This is not me being clever and thinking stuff up. Universal debt. Oh, that's good. Thanks. Um... Yes, uh, woefully low interest rates. Waterfall. Um, I mean, it's only woefully low if it's in terms of your savings. I mean, if it's in terms of your... your, I don't know how interest works. Waterfall. Yeah. Manta ray. Good call. Laser beam. Manta ray. <laughs> Can I just keep doing that? <laughs> Look, let's... Come. We need to move on. God, this is going to be a random reel on its Gravitational orbital bodies. We're just doing a random reel, like a one-shot random reel. Um, okay, yes. So, please go and check out Awake in the North. Bulb. <laughs> tell them we sent you. No, don't tell them we sent you. They'll show you out. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway... So for some reason you've put me in charge of this mess this evening. Yes. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean you can always you can already tell that you have. But that's okay. But you did it anyway. I did. Because you said something about me picking the topic because reasons. I can't remember why. Um and I said that's not a good idea because I have no imagination. I only think about like three things and Three of them are food. Um, but you said, no, just 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 pick a thing and we'll talk about the thing. And I'm like, well, OK. But the problem is, you see, I'm not a heathen. This is this is the trouble. This is why I'm normally following you and normally sort of just like learning about things as we go. I'm not really, uh, you know, tuned in in quite the same way to the subject of the podcast as you are. So I thought, well, how can I take what I know and incorporate it into what you do? You mm -hmm. see? Yeah, this is good logic. I like it. So I started thinking about worlds. All of them. All of them. Some big thoughts. Well, this is the thing, because you see, I, the, you, you have nine. Give or take. As I understand it, ish, probably in more. The 
what do you call it? Veluspa. Veluspa. The Veluspa <clears throat> mentions that there are nine worlds. Yes. Or at least it mentions that the person who is uh, being narrated, the subject of the thing, is being cited as saying that they can see nine worlds amidst the tree, yes. amidst the branches of the tree. So, Which might mean there's some shy ones at the back that we're not seeing. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. You see, because this has always been something that interests me, because... I, as you as you know, have a... Your father the king. As you know, your father the king. Um, <laughs> you see, I have an interest in other worlds. Yes. Which is not to say um, Star Trek, spaceships, warp drives, all that kind of stuff. That's fun. Oh, yeah. And it's nice to think about. And, you know, it makes for some good stories. But I don't mean that. I mean other worlds as in the other world. Yes. Um, and this is something that has always interested me in all its many, many forms through all sorts of mythologies and folklore. Um, there's usually um, a what's usually described as the land of the dead in most mythologies going oh, yeah, way we got back. one of those. Yeah, yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah. We got one of those. Well, that that <laughs> that concept specifically goes way back to animism. Mm. Um, so that's like the the very first sparkles of, of you know religion inverted commas in human history it's one of the first ideas that they can they come up with is the idea that when people leave this world they go to another one where they carry on living as themselves but mm -hmm. in a in a different form perhaps and it also it ties in to another common a similar common idea which is the idea of another world where people like us live who are not us so here you have places for want of a better for want of a better word like fairy. Oh, Tottenham Court Road. Tottenham Court Road. Oh, I get this. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I just go straight to Mornington Crescent and then everybody complains that I haven't followed the rules properly. Wow. I've never understood it. I mean the the biggest problem is I don't <laughs> know London that well. So I don't know that many uh tube stations. Mm. In fact, the only one I really know, apart from Mornington Crescent, um, is um, Saint Pancreatic. I do know Saint Pan Saint Pancreatic. That's true. Um, I also know Holborn or Hoban. There used to be one at the British Museum, I think. Were there? I think so. I well, I know Holborn or Hoban. <clears throat> I know they shut some of them down. There was like postal ones. Yeah. Because they used to shift the post on the underground on special carriages oh cool so some of the old postal stations they don't use anymore so they just shut them down nobody can you can still get onto them onto the lines but oh, neat. nobody still uses <gasps> them anymore. abandoned stations yeah oh they're really interesting there's books and websites and things that that that, that list all the abandoned tube stations in london the the, the subway stations and <clears throat> they um that it's creepy also, oh. read Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Brilliant. Mm, yes. But. Fallen London bats. Fallen London. Yes. Also good. London was stolen by bats. It was. Um, but um, Holborn or Hoban Station, I know because it was the one you were based at at the beginning of Hellgate, Hellgate London. Yeah. Um, shame they never got around to making any more of those. But anyway. Um, 
And also, um, I'm going to stop talking about tube stations because that's way off what we were doing. So whoever, who, uh, whoever it was that was quoted in Voluspa as saying there were nine worlds. Yeah. They weren't listed at that point. I believe there are other lists of names mm-hmm. of these places. But there is some disagreement on which, which is what and who is where. Pretty much. And when is how. Yeah. And so on. And where is Gomorrah? Gomorrah? Yeah. I've heard it's close to Sodom. That was not the Gomorrah I was thinking of, but okay, we'll go there. Who are you thinking of? The, the other Gomorrah. Got you. Sorry, I was thinking biblical. I was thinking, how is Gomorrah? Plummeted, last I looked. Yeah, pretty much. And it got me thinking, because I've been... They're referenced in Velispa, but they're not explicitly named at that point. Yeah. There are some lists where names appear, but we're not overly sure which ones belong where. Pretty much. So um, we know we have Midgard, mm-hmm. which is ours. And we know we have Asgard, which is theirs. Yes. I'm pointing upwards. I can see that. Yep. Uh, I don't know why, because I don't know where Asgard is, but I presume it's above us somewhere. Guess it depends on which map you're looking at. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Well, it's kind ish. of the, it's kind of the time bandit's map, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but we also have a number of others. We know that there is Vanaheim mm-hmm. because the um, the war between the Asgardians and the and uh, the Aesir, sorry, and the Vanir. Um, uh, was a thing that happened. We know that Jotunheim exists. Because Jotuns. Because Jotuns. Yes. Um, some of the other names are a little bit... Wobblier. Wobblier. Yeah. So, for example, Hell. Mm. Some people will tell me that Hell is the name of the realm and the goddess. Yes. Some people will tell me that the goddess lives in Helheim. Yes. Some people will tell me that in Helheim there is a, a, um, uh, a hall called no I can't do it either. okay hell has a hall yes and I used to know it oh damp with sleet possibly yeah um but heck of uh, a postal address really it certainly certainly is you, you're gonna just want to address it to damp with sleet uh where's this no don't worry you'll find it no it's alright that's the um what three words address yeah damp, damp. with sleet Damp with sleep. Now I'm going to have to look up damp with sleep and see where it is. Because <laughs> I'm sure it must be somewhere. <laughs> um, so the the rest of them seem to be a little bit foggier. Mm-hmm. Now, I've always taken it that Alfheim is one of them. And Alfheim has always interested me because it's basically where the Fae live. Um, which is to say elves. Which is to say Alfar. The beautiful people, the beautiful people, um... Yeah, them, yes. The beautiful people, the beautiful people, um... Those. Yes. Um, what do we know about Alfheim? There's Alfs in it. There's Alfs in it. Yeah. But we don't know. actually know an awful lot about it. As far as I can gather, there's not a great deal that we know. Nah. There's not nothing really described about it. We know that the light elves, the Ljosalfar... Yeah. Who are supposed to live there. These are, you know, shiny creatures. Um, I mean, I, I, obviously my brain just goes straight to high elves and, yeah. you know, big big spires and, 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 and lots of everybody's lit up and all this yeah. kind of thing. He's a ten and there's no butt. In, there's no butt? No. 
How do they sit down? Move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically, the you know from from what little description we we have of these people, we are basically looking at a whole society full of Galadriels. Um, it's going to be a heck of a dry cleaning bill. Well, you're gonna. Yeah. I mean, they've all got robes that drag on the floor. But there's no dust on the floor. They're elven floors. So, you know, they, they, they pick up glitter. Glitter? <laughs> Presumably. <laughs> I don't know. I must admit, once that stuff gets in your washing machine, it's never coming out. <laughs> so, as well as Alfheim, we have... Um, a realm which is, I've always taken it to be uh, called Svartalfheim. Yeah. Um, which is the home of the Dokalfar, the yes. Dark Elves. Mm. Now, this is, a, this is a funny one because the Dark Elves, obviously, if you've played Dungeons and Dragons or, or any role playing game, you know the Dark Elves. Um, they're the, um, uh, the, 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 the sort of elves but evil. Of course. Um, so they live in they live in, in in caverns underground, and they sneak around. I mean, EverQuest has this whole culture thing going on where mm. they, they 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 worship Inaruk, the god of hate, and yep. all this kind of thing. I mean, they really you know lay it on thick. Mm-hmm. But this is this vaguely problematic thing that that um, uh, adventure games, role play games, computer games have long done. The othering. The othering, where they'll sort of say, ah. Here is a here is a race of people. They all have these characteristics, um, and yes, you can change their face or edit their, you know. But they they they're still all these. Yeah. So like, let's, you know, every every sort of society is a, a monolith. Um, I don't know any more than any more about the 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 Doc Alpha, um, except what um. Snorri Sturlson tells The Snorri. Us. The Snorri. Okay. In Gilfaginning. Yeah. Where he says, um, that which is called Alfheim uh, is one where dwell the people called, uh, people's called Los Alfa. Or it's L-J-O-S. So it's Los, Los Alfa. I don't know how, I don't know how you get your, 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 your sort of mouth around that, but um, the, um, and he says, but the Doc Alpha, the Dark Elves, dwell down in the earth and they are unlike in appearance, but far more unlike in nature. Which, I mean, yeah, okay, we can take to mean they're kind of the opposite of the mm. the light elves, but there's not really that much um uh not really that much more information than that. But interesting thing is is the the um the land that I've always known as Svartalfheim. Could also be a land known as Nidavellir, mm-hmm. and Nidavellir is traditionally the realm inhabited by a people called the Dvergar. Yeah, um, which I believe is the source of the dwarves. And the if you ground craftsmen, yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you actually compare the two, there's substantial reason to believe that the Svartalfar and the Dvergar may be the same people. And this got me thinking about the the the, the way that um, the the realms sort of divide up. I saw, I saw an interesting article, and it was at um, uh, a website called NorseMythology.org. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. 
good don't know stuff. if this is a website we use. <clears throat> yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff, good. Um, so or Norse mythology for smart people. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. Um, well, I am not the smarts, as we know. Um, <laughs> sorry, Sursik, for borrowing your phraseology there. Um, but uh, I, I read it anyway, and it made it was quite. It, it actually raised some quite interesting uh, questions for me. Um, it talked about, and I know it's, a, it's something that we've we've discussed before on 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 this thing that we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, this concept of in and guard and Utengard. Yes. So you cat have flaps. cat flaps. Yes. Whose idea was cat flaps? I hate the way they come into your house through the cat flap. Looking at, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> seriously look. If you get a chance to look up Lenny Henry doing the cat flaps thing, it's just it. It makes me scream. It's brilliant. Anyway, moving on. Um, but in and guard and out and guard is like cat flaps. It is like cat flaps. Yeah. You what? You have an inside and an outside. And you generally want to be in the other one that you're not in. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, got you. Okay. So you have this this concept of of in and guard being the things that are acceptable to you in your society, and they are you. They are your us. Whereas out and guard is all the things and people that are them. Yes. So it's it's the way of dividing your world into the stuff that's yours and the stuff that's everything else. Yes. And one thing that um, is mentioned on the North Mythology site, and I thought was quite interesting, it was on their article on Vanaheim, um, and they made the point that um, the uh, there are only two realms of the nine that have guard in the name, which implies enclosure. Yes, land. So it implies... A like, piece of land. Yeah, yeah. deliberately <clears throat> designated land. Yes. Um so there's Midgard and Asgard, which are the the gods' realm. So yes, the, with a wall. With a wall. Yeah, or with uh, eventually with a wall. Yeah. So Asgard is a societal place. It's a place of order and structure and rules. Yes. Um, Midgard is a place of order and structure and rules. And has a boundary. And has a boundary. Because it's got a wee big snack. A snack. Yes. A small snack. Well, a very big snack, technically. Okay, I don't know what the, I don't know what the silly word is for big. I don't know, muckle snack. Muckle snack, muckle yeah. snack will do. Um, so you have those two realms that are enclosures. Everything else is the home of Heim, Haim, but it's much generally treated as being much wilder. Yeah, has no enclosure, no boundary. Yeah, no defined space. So this got me thinking about the other world concepts that we have, okay. which are, if you look at our world, it's very rigid, it's very structured, it has science and rules, and you know there are ways that that the the, the universe works. Doilies. Doilies. Mm. Possibly. Yeah. Order doilies. Or order doilies. No. Order, as in how we have doilies. We do. Yeah. And you have to be pretty on a pretty ordered society to have a doily. to have doilies. You do. Um, but the other world is chaotic. It has structure, but only momentary. It has structure as long as people, the people in it, can maintain that structure, and it is, for want of a better word, psychoreactive in a lot of 
a lot of the ideas about it. It doesn't time doesn't run at the same speed, distance doesn't measure the same, mm. all that kind of thing. This crops up in mythologies over and over. That would explain a whole lot of what happens when they go and visit Utgard Loki. Yeah. Home of the Jotuns. Only mm. they are looking at things not quite being what they seem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean time this... and distance is all out of whack. Yeah, this is the sort of thing you get in an awful lot of, of other world mythologies. Um and this idea of, of, of the realms dividing into two kind of caught my caught my attention a bit because like I say I've always been very interested in this this concept of, of, of a world alongside ours that isn't ours, but that occasionally things cross over between the two. Uh-huh. And there's usually some sort of havoc caused in the process. Um so I got in- interested in what Alfheim and Vanaheim actually are and to some degree whether they're the same thing as well whereas Svartalfheim and Nidavellir I can't pronounce it that's okay um, may well be the same thing is it possible that Alfheim and Vanaheim are the same thing we know that Frey yeah the god Frey the the what's his he's a he's has titles and epithets and things he he does and he don't half look like his picture. I understand he is rather um, gifted, equipped. Mm. Yes. Well, he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, the he is a, a a very prominent figure in Vanaheim, one of the Vanir. Um, but he is also the Lord of Alfheim. Yes. For some reason. Given as a tooth gift. Indeed, in Grimnismal. Stan- oh. Stanza five. Get in. Says. Look at you doing all your research. Says Idalia called they the place where Ul a hall for himself hath set. Yes. And Alfheim the gods to Frey once gave as a tooth gift in ancient times. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they gave him Alfheim. Yeah. Um. And it sort of got me interested that you've got this connection between the two. So he basically has. Not dominion necessarily, but he's very prominent in both those, both those places. And what yeah. his, what is his connection to Alfheim, other than by other than sort of his nature? Mm. Alfheim, as I say, it's it's never really described. All we know is 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 a little bit about the people who live there. Mm-hmm. And it got me interested in 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 sort of how they compare, how they've come down through uh, our awareness of those people, has come down through the folklore, and through the mythology, from. Um, the, the the Norse and I don't know maybe even before the the, the the mythological structures that we're familiar with I don't know um, but they've come down to a since especially around the the, the sort of Scottish and um, Celtic traditions as well mm. where f- the fairies the fae have become a very important part of the cultural mythology and the folklore there so in Scotland, they they actually refer to um, the the the, the Fey Otherworld mm-hmm. as Elfame, E L F A M E, which that's I ass- rather close. Yeah, I mean, I assume that's a direct descent <clears throat> from the the Norse telling. Well, yeah, there's a whole lot of Hiberno Norse mm. connection, but they have some very specific ideas about. Who the, the 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 elves are, um, and what they do to people, and how you have to be, you know, how you have to treat them, and all this kind of thing. And in Ireland, there's there's li- 
you know, I don't know, I don't want to cause any offence by, by referring to it as a, a religion, but I believe it is commonly known as the fairy faith, where there is, again, a whole prescribed set of, you know, rules and the ways that you are... So they, we meet the elves very, very frequently. Mm. If, you, if you are to, to pay attention to sort of Celtic um, folklore. Um, so there is clearly a lot of traffic between Midgard and Alfheim. Now, whether or not this has come from later, you know, later stories, later sort of tellings of, of you know, people coming up with cautionary tales and all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know sort of how that works, but it does... It does sort of interest me as to these these sort of parallels, and you have in again in Scottish folklore, uh, and and it may be that people have heard heard of this, but in 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 their way of looking at things, um, the the Fae who live in Elfame mm. are divided into two branches, two courts, and they are called the Seely Court and the Unseely Court. Mm. And the Seely Court are said to be the, 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 the kind and noble and bright ones, and the Unseely Court are the Not. mischievous and evil and <laughs> yeah. you know. And yes, you can make an obvious I mean we're we're talking about sort of post Christianity at this point, so well not post post the, the arrival of Christianity at this point. So you can say, well, yes, obviously that's a you know, maybe it's a a reference to angels and demons and that kind of thing. But also it's is it possible it's a reference to the Alpha and the Svart Alpha, mm. or the Doc Alpha. And the, I guess the other thing that you've got to consider is that Snellston is a Christian. Yes, very true. Mm. So when he's talking about these people, is he how much? To what extent is he putting his own understanding of things? Yeah. On what he's telling us. But it, it interests me that you know almost every culture in the world has this idea of this alternative realm. Yes. That you either you go to when you die, or that you might go to, you might venture into on a quest or something. And then venture out of rapidly. And then ideally venture out <laughs> of again. Yes. So it might be that your quest is is um, meant to be symbolic. I'm thinking of um, Proserpina. Yes. And so on, going down into the um, in, into Hades. And then uh, coming back out. And then, and then coming back out, but getting caught in a deal where she has to keep going back and forth. Yes. Because that's how seasons work. Yes. So she's her her sort of uh, her wandering into into that realm is is sim, is symbolic because it tells the story of the seasons. Um, but then you've got people like Lado from the Bootbeak thing, Swipdag. Swipdag. You've also got Hermod riding the Hell's Road. Yes. So you've got these people that make these journeys. And Thor and Loki going to Utgard. Loki. And Thor and Loki going to Utgard. With the giant that gets hangry. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Although to be fair, Thor was the guy who was continually trying to murder a dude because he wouldn't un- untie his food bag. Yeah, he got <laughs> hungry. Have a Snickers. Indeed. You, you not yourself when you're hungry. <laughs> so it's interesting to 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 think about these stories from the point of view of how they compare between mythologies and how um they reflect in different ways of of of, of sort of and yes there may be some uh there may be some uh, separation either geographically or temporally you know and it may well be that 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 what we find in in the celtic myths has 
been influenced at least by what the Norse brought. Jacques Vallée, eat your heart out. Well, yeah, Jacques Vallée did this. You see, this is this is one of the things that absolutely fascinates me, and it's one of my. It's I'd say it's my favorite. One of my favorite books. It's not one I read very often. I have to admit, but the it is basically it's a catalogue of sightings, and it's a book called Passport to Magonia. Uh, and Jacques Vallée, who's a, a UFO researcher, but concentrated on what's referred to as the psychosocial hypothesis. Rather than considering UFOs, rather than assuming them to be aliens and spaceships and all that kind of thing, he was interested in in what psychically causes people to experience these things. Mm, the ultimate othering. Yes. Mm. And how different people's experiences and different people's cultural uh, background and all that sort of thing affects the way they experience these phenomena. So I risk edging up to that line I always quote from the Mothman prophecies. <laughs> and I don't want to do it, but it's the thing about what does it look like? It depends on who's looking. Yes. Yeah, and he, he wrote this book, Passport to Magonia, which essentially just lists a load of sightings all the way through history. Like right from the earliest times when, we, when people have, have had writing systems to write these things down we've been recording these these experiences and it makes you wonder exactly what each society would have seen them as but they you know that they're a they're a, they're a sort of uniform strand running all the way through our our our, our history as a species mm. you know they have always been here and if i ever encounter them or i recognize i'm encountering them i'm likely to see them through the lens of my faith yes whereas somebody else might see the same thing, see it different. Yeah. Mm. And this is the thing. Somebody will see them as aliens, mm. as greys, as, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll experience being taken into the spaceship and probed or whatever. That will be the, 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 the experience that they, they genuinely have. Mm. Because that is the, that's the sort of cultural understanding that they have of what this thing is, this thing that's happening to them. Their their understanding will will provide the explanation that oh it's aliens, so aliens is what they'll see, mm. and it and it fascinates me to see how different different cultures have sort of recorded this thing and and you know the idea that the 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 Norse would look at it and say, well these are the alpha these are the shiny people who live in the world next door mm. who you have to be a bit careful with because they're not quite like us. They're like us in some ways, but in some ways they're very much not. Mm. And they have powers and ways of doing things that can be quite... are very different. Very different, mm. quite scary. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it absolutely fascinates me. And the, 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 the idea that you've got these, these similarities and, the different, and the, some of the symbols that find their way through sort of consistently. I'm thinking particularly of, of, of apples. Is one that gets mentioned. Mm. Now we've talked before about Eden and the apples that the gods rely on to keep them eternally young, or or at least very very long lived. Yes. Yeah. And we've talked before about whether golden apple might refer to an orange. Yeah. Or whether it is genuinely an apple. Mm -hmm. We 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 don't know. I mean, we know that the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as featured in the Old Testament. 
is often portrayed as an apple, mm-hmm. uh, although the the text doesn't actually say that. But it is it is it's often assumed that it's an apple. It's interesting to wonder why it got that connotation. Whether we brought that connotation from sort of the existing mm. symbolism, because the apples are very important in um, Celtic mythology as well. When they were talking about the other world, they presented it as the Isle of Apples, which or one of the one of the other world places was the Isle of Apples or the Isle of Avalon, which is where Arthur went after the battle of something that, that place mm. that I can't remember the name of. I don't either. That isn't Camelot. It is not. I think it begins with a C all the same. Mm. The Battle of mm. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember either. Um <clears throat> yeah, so the the Welsh have um a place they call and if you'll forgive my Welsh pronunciation I think it's Innis Innis Avalach which is the Isle of Apples which again is a place where you go to be renewed and refreshed and so forth like you might if a certain goddess came along and handed you an apple and it made you I'm also thinking of the Greek myth with Aphrodite where somebody decides it's a good idea to write on an apple this is for the fairest, and throw it into a bunch of goddesses. Yes. And that sets off an almighty ruckus. Discordia. Yeah. Um, Eris, I believe it is. Yeah. Is the the Greek version, uh, the Greek uh, name for Discordia, and I think it's I think it's Eris that throws the apple in. Yeah. Because um, that's not going to start a cat fight. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take much. No. In Greek mythology, let's no, that, face that's it. That's fair. I'll yeah. My bad. I'll give I. Set my bar too low, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it is something. The, the the similarities do rather fascinate me, um, and I don't really have a point to make, apart from to just say the similarities fascinate me. Ooh, I got one. Okay. Ow. There's a point. That was a pointy point. Yeah. Ow. Ow. Oh, um, I remember what I was going to say. There's a place... Um, you see, what's his name? The, the the Christian guy, Snorri. That did not narrow it down until you said his name. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate there are a lot of Christian guys. Um, Snorri Sturluson, or Sturluson, or whichever. He had this idea that, in, uh, that there were three heaven realms for the Norse. Um, three? Three. Okay. So... He basically said that there were, you know, I can't remember what the first one was, but he basically said that after Ragnarok, um, all the righteous would go off to live in some heaven realm, Mm -hmm. which, you know, definitely wasn't heaven. No. Because he wasn't trying to Christianize... scratched those rooms out and wrote new ones. Yeah, he definitely wasn't trying to Christianize somebody else's mythology. No. Um... What's the difficulty with it, to be honest? Yeah, I can't remember the first, the name of the first realm. But then you went on to a second heaven realm, which was called Andlang. Andlang. Yes, literally Endlong. Yeah. So Andlang may or may not be something that, that Snorri basically just made up. But the third one, there was he had this idea that there was a place called Vithblain or Vithblan. Okay. Not sure how you'd pronounce it, uh, if I'm honest. Um, but he also mentioned a place that may 
be in Vithblad called Gimli. 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 That Gimli. Yes. And it's a it's a sort of a heavenly hall. It's kind of a it's kind of a Valhalla, but like for all the righteous people. So it wasn't necessarily about you know I didn't realise, by the way, and I should have made a note of where it was. I didn't realise that the entirety of the the, the, the dwarven company <laughs> that go off with Bilbo to have their adventure mm-hmm. at the Lonely Mountain, they're all in the Yeah. In the Nordic texts. Pretty much. Every single one of them. Feely, Keely. Anglo-Saxon scholar, cough. Yeah. Why do you need to make <laughs> names up when you can nick them? Well, yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> I, I had no idea about that. I just thought that was I, I thought that was great. I sat there reading them. And go, They're all in here. Biffa, <laughs> Bomba, everyone. <laughs> Hi, guys. Anyway. I don't know what I wanted to say. That was basically just it. Ramble for a minute about elves and, and the other world and the Fae and stuff like that. All because right. it's something I can't stop thinking about. Good ramble. It's like it's it's my obsession. All right. If they'll, you they'll, would like to come and talk to us, lovely listeners, about Kate's obsession. They'll come back for me one day. They'll be fine. I'm sure they will. Be all good. They'd better. Then you can find us online. <laughs> <laughs> they won't. You can find us online. <laughs> um, yes, if you want to find me, I'm available on Facebook, Kate Coldwin. Just uh, pop by, drop me a friend request, say hi. Yeah. And if they want to find you. Yeah, you can find me as Suzanne Martin on Facebook and also on Twitter and on my blog as Githa in Jeans. Lovely. And um, while you're on Facebook, if you just do a quick search for Frithcast Pod, you can find our little page for this thing that we do um and from there there's uh, there's a group on there and there's a link to our discord come along and join us around the virtual virtual campfire uh we will be delighted to see you there and we will be delighted to talk to you again in a couple of weeks time for episode 147 suzanne do you want to say anything else before we go anything else anything else that was it you okay. said do i want to say anything else <coughs> i know i did Indeed. Okay. You did it very well. Thank you. I just wanted to ask if you wanted to say anything else because I'm conscious I've done nothing but talk. For... It's been awesome. <laughs> Loved it. We'll talk to you all next time, lovely listeners. See, See you then. then. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sleep.